0: to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 183. Uh, this week, I am very pleased to be joined by a returning guest, uh, TJ, the host of the One Wrestling Podcast. Hi, TJ.
1: Hey, John. What's up?
0: Uh, not much. What's been up with you? I'm guessing not a lot.
1: Yeah, not really. Same old, same old, since every day is the same nowadays. but
0: <laughs> Locked inside our homes forever.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully things get better when... Sometime next year, soon.
0: It's like every single every single episode that has a guest starts this way. It's like, ah, you know, hopefully by May of 2021, things will look a little better. But, uh, yeah, it sure sucks in the U.S. right now. Uh, I mean, I had, uh, on our last Patreon episode yesterday, I had Liam McCann on from the... You know Liam. He's also Super j yeah. And he's, of course, from Australia. And he was like, well, we haven't had a COVID-19 case in... Uh, over a month I'm like well why do you fucking die Look at you with your competent Government and your island
1: <laughs> Yeah like, so I saw him on twitter Like he posted that he's going back to his office For like the first time since like March or something and I'm like That's way off for us that's for
0: sure <laughs> Yeah I mean my My job like downsized the office Because I guess they they Figured that this is going to go on for a while And, and also that like uh, You know nobody is going to be in a rush To want to come to the office every day even after things go back a little more to normal. But they suddenly started talking about like, oh, you know, like in towards the end of, uh, like maybe like middle of October, they were suddenly like, oh, maybe people can start coming in more. And then all of a sudden things got bad again. And it's like, well, that talk died down very quickly. Uh, yes, anyway. our office
1: was kind of doing the same thing. They were making it seem like, oh, maybe people could go back if they if they wanted to. But now it's pretty much for at least until the end of the year, if not longer than that, probably. Yeah. Just working from home, which I don't mind.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't mind. I mean, that's the only... I hesitate to say anything's a good thing when, like, so many people are dead and all that. But I, I definitely don't mind uh, working from home, I have to say. Mostly, I, I didn't dislike my office. Mostly just the commute was really bad. But, uh, you know. I mean, it's one of these things where it's like, yes, of course I could do my uh, my job that's mostly, like, replying to emails and writing articles. I could definitely do that at home. It's not like I needed to be in the office to do that. So, uh, you know. But, uh,
1: yes, I'm definitely not going to miss <laughs> the commute this year with all the time of the deal with snow. I'm yeah. going to stay at home and work. I mean, I won't be able to get out of work early just because of snow. But for the yeah. most part, I'm just just be nice to stay at home and not have to drive through all that crap.
0: Yeah, and obviously, I, I probably couldn't do as much Patreon content as uh as I do now, which is a little transition here. Uh, so the Patreon is at Patreon.com/slash Wrestling uh, Of course, we're here today to, to discuss two tournament shows here. The Best of the Super Junior uh, Night Six and the DDT Do Night Three. Um, if you want to hear daily coverage of both those tournaments plus the World Tag League, uh, it's all up on the Patreon right now for only five dollars. Um, you know, you get coverage of both the, all three of those tournaments. Um, you know, audio with just me. Uh, also, we did a Patreon exclusive full episode yesterday with uh, Like I said, Liam McCann, who was a first time guest, he did a great job. Uh, and he and I broke down two more of these shows On like what I call a double header day So you get all that tournament coverage for only $5 uh, Daily audio is up there for you right now And we'll continue all the way through The end of the tournament uh, Of the tournaments I should say But you also get of course All of our other audio content All the five matches episodes that are up there now All the one match episodes uh, I did on all the, the Okada Tanahashi series The Naito Ishii series The uh, patron requests Which ended up being awesome so, you know, if you want to hear like a bunch of random stuff, like everything from uh Kiari Sane slash Hojo's first ever wrestling match was one of them. Um hey, we, could, we did one that was like from the newborn UWF in the late eighties. We did this uh all Japan versus war tag uh or maybe no new japan versus war i'm sorry new japan versus war tag we did an all japan uh the triple crown tournament final right after the all japan noah split i mean all sorts of stuff that's you know not even there's even some newer new japan stuff too uh so there's all sorts of stuff on that series it was a lot of fun uh in the month of december what we're going to start doing besides the tournament coverage that's going to complete uh you know mostly on the patreon uh, we're going to be doing a new one match series covering every Tokyo Domain event in order. Um, so, that we're not going to complete that this year. That'll become like an annual tradition that we'll do in December and January until we get through it. But uh, we'll start that this year with the, you know, about one or two of them a week until see how many we can get through. Uh, probably a little after Wrestle Kingdom, even. But I don't just say New Japan. I mean, I'm going to do New Japan, but anything else I can find, uh, you know, there's that, that one Joshi company that did a dome show during the middle i think it's jd star Did like a dome show during the middle of a um like some kind of like modeling convention that that the parent company is holding at the tokyo dome that i probably won't be able to find because i don't think footage of that exists but other than that show i think it's all on tape so hopefully i can uh find all these main events outside the new japan stuff uh so we'll do all that we can find all the main events in order um you know be a good chance to talk about all these different tokyo dome shows and uh You know, it'll be a lot of fun. So that'll be coming up in December. Um, The year-in-review episodes we do every year. um, You know, some of that will be on the Patreon this year. I haven't decided which ones yet. Um, I think for sure, if we even bother doing a WWE one, it'll probably be on the Patreon. (laughs) Because people seem to really like it, but, like, I I really need to get paid money to do a WWE 2020 year-in-review. Especially if anyone actually wants me to, like, watch stuff for it. I mean... Uh, I, I really don't want to do that for free, honestly. So, because um, I, bear, I really think I've watched like maybe two hours since Elimination Chamber. Like, I just can't do, you know, um, I can't do the the Thunder and the Performance Center. It's just that stuff is like, completely unwatchable to me. So, you know, if we do a WWE year interview, that would definitely be on the Patreon. Um, maybe one other one too. Maybe Joshi. Maybe other Puro Maybe DET. I think New Japan will have to keep on the free feed. But uh, but yeah, the year interview stuff, that some of that will be on the Patreon. And there will be a patron uh, voting, which I just decided to do recently. So that will go up for December patrons, uh, probably December 1st, where you'll be able to vote in the Omikase Awards. We'll have a separate like patron's choice category. Because people ask me every year uh, that I've done these Omikase Awards for Omikase guests only, uh, you know, how they can vote. And the answer has always been you can't, unless you were a guest. You know, that's kind of the point. It was like a closed panel of omakase guests. But this year, we'll have a patron category. So if you've always wanted to vote in the omakase Awards, you can join the Patreon in December and get your ballot. So that will be uh, for patrons as well. And if you're a patron and a guest, which uh, is a few people, you can vote twice. <laughs> you can vote in the in the uh, guest one and in the patron one. But yeah, so we'll have separate awards for the patrons, so that should be fun. Uh, so all that good stuff is at Patreon dot com slash Wrestling Only five dollars a month. Uh, you know, I think you get more than your five dollars worth. If I do say so myself, with the especially during tournaments, because I feel like every goddamn day I'm doing audio, so it's a lot these tournaments. Uh, but you know, at least they give they keep me busy during this. Uh, endless locked inside my home period so I can't really complain too much uh, but yeah that's the patreon plug again patreon.com slash wrestling okay so let's get into these two shows uh, we will start out here with the world Tag league uh, best of super Junior tour the best of super Junior night six from Sunday November 29th in Korikan. uh big picture I think this was the best show of the entire tour so far. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I think this was, like, a really great show. The kind of, like, uh, just top-to-bottom awesome show that they have not had during this tournament this year until now. But this show was, like – I mean, they've really been – the last couple nights have been good, have been pretty damn good. But, like, this this, this show was, like, I don't know, like, almost close to, like, past years of Super Junior Corkins for me.
1: Yeah, I'll say I do think it was a really good show, like – I think all the shows have kind of been similar in that they're mostly good and then it has, like, one great match. Usually it's the Haramu match. But you at least guaranteed one great match a night and this kind of did the same. I think I might have not enjoyed the undercard as much as you did.
0: Yeah, they were to but... me, this had two great matches and then one... Actually, really, three great matches. So I guess I'm... Yeah, I guess I did like some of the undercard better than you did. So... Uh, and the other two matches were both good. Uh, the opener was Satoshi Kojima and Tomuraki Hama defeating Yuji Nagata and Gabriel Kidd. uh, Kojima pinning Kidd in 752 with a lariat. Uh, Listeners on the Patreon will know that I am struggling to come up with things to say about these tag matches every night. Uh, This was another perfectly fine tag match in an endless series of them. Two and three quarters. I think I say that every goddamn show. But uh, I mean, they're all the same. They're all pretty good. They're all uh, very skippable. I mean, what do you want me to say?
1: Yeah, I'll say I've been skipping the undercard all tour, like all like the opening tag. I've just been trying to w- just get through all the tournament matches. But uh, it was nice to see the dads after so long because it's been a while since I've seen them. Really, oh, but I've said, seen I've uh, seen
0: plenty of dads because I've been watching every one of them. <laughs>
1: but uh, the problem is when Homa is in the ring, my brain kind of just turns off because I couldn't really care much about him since he came back from injury. Yeah, he's and... pretty, he's
0: been pretty brutal. I mean, the the problem with the, the, these matches like Homa is kind of bad, Kojima is kind of good, and it's like how good the match is just depends on how long Kojima is in there and how long Homu was not in there. So
1: yeah, and I thought uh, homo was in there a lot longer than I would have liked in this one, but um I did like the little portion with Nagata and Kojima and uh there, I think it was one spot where uh, Nagata was like setting kid up for a drop kick off the top that I liked. And uh the double submission spot they did like kid and Nagata it was pretty cool, but yeah, say If I was doing Starry, it's probably like two and a half, two and three quarters, something like that. Uh,
0: Match number two, our first tournament match, Ryusuke Taguchi defeating Yuya Uemura in 11-26 with the Oh My and Garankle. Three and three for Taguchi. Drops Uemura, of course, down to 0-6. First of all, lots of Taguchi towels and shirts being held up in the crowd. He remains very popular with crowds in Japan. No matter what you personally, as the listener, not TJ, uh, think of his uh, ass-related antics, so I do think that's noteworthy to point out. Um, this had some really nice mat wrestling from Taguchi and Urimura to start. Like both guys were like really scrambling around uh, without either able to get a clear advantage, but in a, you know an entertaining way. And you know Urimura rolled Taguchi up out of the uh, I guess the bum-a-yay instead of the bumier. I don't know if that's what he actually calls it, but that's what I always call it in my brain. Uh, but that was a great near fall. Um, and then we got the another close near fall for Urimura on a beautiful German suplex hold. Um, and then Urimura nearly rolls Taguchi up out of the Dodon, which gets some audible gas from the crowd before Taguchi cuts back to his own cradle for a near fall, goes back to the ankle lock, and Uriamura finally taps. So this was a damn good opener, I thought. I thought maybe... Maybe Taguchi finally got tired of uh, everyone saying he was washed now and only interested in doing uh pull down the trunks comedy spots because I thought he worked super hard here and had a really fun opener with Uemura. So Uemura has been great throughout the entire tournament. So this was an uh, easy three and a half stars for me. I thought this was quite good.
1: Yeah, I'd say I'm a little different from you on this one. Um, one, I'm, This is like the one match Taguchi hasn't had his ass out, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah,
0: he, but... did, he did put his ass away.
1: But um yes, I say, has been really surprising me this tournament with just how much time and offense he's been getting in on these guys. Like, I figured most of his matches would be, like, sub-10 minutes and be a night off for these guys. But it seems like everyone's trying to bring their best for him, which is really good. And, uh, like, um, he's really, like, the standout for the current crop of young lions that are left, I think. So I'm really excited to see more singles matches of him. But uh, Taguchi didn't really do much for me in this one, though. Like, he kind of underwhelmed me this whole tournament. Like, Usually he's here and or uh, people like praise him during tournament times and the rest of the year he's kind of taking the the day the uh, night off seems like but yeah he's kind of just not doing much for me like Umar was really good in this though like this was different than his uh, previous matches cause most of them are like uh, straight baby face or uh, young lion fire from the jump and like you said this is more like mad face to start which I thought was really nice but um yeah I said I think this is probably the worst UV match he's had, like that that i've seen this whole entire tournament i haven't seen oh what night was it the uh, night that had despi and haramu i think it was like night four i think mm-hmm. i haven't seen that night but yeah omar has been really good this whole tournament but just this match it wasn't really anything super exciting to me and uh yeah, say probably like three stars maybe two three two and three quarters yeah and I, I don't think i liked it as much as you did
0: yeah apparently not uh, match number three, El Desperado defeats Doki in 15-23 with a numero dos. So Desperado is now 4-2 and two, and Doki is now 0-6. Oh uh, first of all, there is a very small child dressed up as Doki, uh, even with his own little lead pipe, which was, you know, as Doki was coming out, which was adorable and yet also mildly disturbing.
1: Uh, yeah, I, think very... they, they, I think that kid's been in the crowd like a one of the Cork and Hall shows. It's, apparently it's the um what the daughter of the or the kid of one of the fans that dresses up as bushi all the time at corkin uh,
0: well she loves doki i guess um desperado meanwhile like practically has entire fucking cheering sections at this point like they, they the, the camera's panning around you could see this whole section of the corkin bleachers all had their desperado towels out and you know that that wasn't the only fans either had right? the the merch Desper- merch around you know um I think that's become one of the biggest uh, disconnects between the Japanese and the Western fan bases. Where he's clearly the most, like the second most popular Juju heavyweight at this point. I I don't really think it's that close. And, you know, he's clearly like a big deal in Japan. And Western fans like seem to still treat him as like just a guy. Like, I've seen different accounts uh, express surprise at like you know, that, that des- people think Desperado is a big deal. Like, I, I remember I said something, like, about how, uh, you know, Desperado is big, Hiromu's biggest rival, and I had a guy, I'm not going to say who it is to call him out or anything, but I had a guy reply to me with, like, uh, you know, Hiromu's biggest rival is a mid-card junior. And it's like, well, I mean, first of all, to the extent that all the juniors are mid-card, I guess, <laughs> but, like, it's not like I just said Harumu's biggest rival is, you know, Doki. I said it was El Desperado, who's like a big star in this division. He has the second longest uh, junior tag title reign in history, and he clearly is the big, you know, the star of the team. I mean, he uh, is the, one of the only guys who beats Hirobo on a regular basis, you know, pretty much just in the division, pretty much just him and Ishimori. Um, you know, and, and I mean, Ishimori beat him once, so probably not even... Uh, he beats him, he's beaten him more than once, and... You know, he's he clearly gets a lot of shine, and he's clearly very popular. So I don't know if he's going to get a junior. Like, a, people, people seem to have the disconnect with him because he's never gotten a junior singles reign yet. I don't know if he will or not. But, like, the fact that he was one of those people that got elevated during the summer, you know, when they needed bodies, uh, you know, to get that never title shot against Shingo, I mean, that was not by accident. I mean, this is a very popular wrestler, and I don't think, you know, I think some of the Western fans don't seem to realize that at this point. But, I don't know if you disagree. Yes, he's
1: definitely, like, one of, like, the top guys. Like, I probably wouldn't say he's Hormu's best rival. Like, it's pretty much still Dragon Lee, but he's pretty much the number two. Like, whatever they face, it's always pretty great, and I don't yeah. Well, Hormu's best kind of rival is regularly
0: the company, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I get what you mean by Dragon Lee, for sure. But, like, he and Desperado go all the way back to, like, 2010, when they were both young lions, so... But, uh, you know, and they, and they keep, they reference that history a lot. But you're right. I did forget about Dragon Blade. That's probably, at, at best, it's probably a tie. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I definitely think he's getting a push lately, especially throughout this tournament. And, like I said, even through the summer with the New Japan Cup and the little feud with Shingo for a minute. But I think his future's kind of more moving up, maybe, rather than, like, being in a junior mm-hmm. and sticking around with Hiromu.
0: I guess we'll see. You think, you don't think he's too small?
1: I mean, he was in the new japan cup he was like towering over and some of the guys like when i remember when he faced uh, ishii i was just like he does not look like a junior compared to ishii like Ishi, well, he made ishii look like a junior for well ishii mean, Ishi, Ishi is kind is, of small yeah Ishii
0: ishii is a junior he's a fat junior but yeah i mean it's true uh but yeah do, so doki gets some shining on desperado early uh hits a nice little like combination that sends him out of the ring he fakes out a dive when du- desperado uh i think i said desperado wow uh, like combine Desperado and Despy but yeah he ducks at ringside and then Doki does like a little flip against the ropes that stuff you usually see out of Doki obviously but like he appears to be the babyface here which makes sense I guess he's the underdog uh, Despy though was in no hurry to get back in the ring uh, Doki slid out after him they traded elbows out there uh, Despy like poked him in the eyes in response and he grabbed Doki's lead pipe he shoved Marty Asami aside and went to use it on him. Doki, though, knocked it out of his hands. And then Desperado hilariously tried to beg him not to use it on him right after he was just going to hit him with it, which is just really funny and a great example of his, like, awesome character work. Uh, Doki does not fall for it and does hit him with the pipe after hesitating at first. Chokes him with it for good measure. Uh, he then, But then we get back in the ring, and Desperado works on Doki's leg for a bit. Um... You know, he locks in the stretch muffler for the first time, the numero dos. Uh, Great selling from Doki here as he struggles all all the way the ropes to break. Again, I mentioned this on the Patreon before. I think it was on a Patreon episode. But Doki, for a guy who has half his face covered by a mask, I mean, his selling is great. A lot of it's in his eyes, I think. Like, I don't know, he does a great job uh, with these eye, like these eye, uh, I don't know, eye eye motions or something, like really getting across, that he's in pain. Uh, Doki does a monkey flip on the apron to Desperado like grazes the apron and then just goes flying to the floor I I, I can't remember ever seeing that before that was pretty nuts Uh, and then Doki follows up with his big senton off the top to the floor for good measure he gets his springboard DET back in the ring for a two count he goes for the suplex de la luna for I think the second time in the match Uh, this time gets Desperado like all the way up like he's about to drop him, but then Desperado rolls through it in the stretch muffler, and Doki finally has no choice but to tap out. I thought this ruled. I thought there was this was so much fun from beginning to end. My only real complaint here is I wish it could have gone on longer. Just tons of crazy stuff. They packed into a. Well, I thought the match was relatively short, but it was only over 15 minutes. So the fact that you know it flew by, I guess, is a uh, you know also uh, you know a point in its favor. Yeah, I went four stars on this. I thought they killed it uh just like they have all tournament and so just a really really great match awesome match
1: yes yeah, so yeah, i wouldn't go four stars but i still i really thought this match was awesome like doki and despi have like been two of the best people in the tournament so far for me it's pretty much like between them and haramu like been the top people for me and i assume this match is gonna be great and it pretty much ended up being just about as good as i hoped it would and uh that like what was it you called a monkey flip on the apron that yeah. was crazy <laughs> It was oh, a little, that's... it was, it was a little bit sl- kind of slow looking, but the bump Despy took on it was just fucking, was just gross, and yeah. um, so I can I can forgive it a little bit. Like Despy sold it like death, and um, uh, that uh, on off the top rope to the outside that was crazy. I don't, like, I, has he, he 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 does that pretty often, doesn't he? He, no, he said, yeah. Probably, but... Well, he came
0: up with that apparently in Mexico, and Hiromu stole it from him, which is funny. But
1: okay, I'll say because I know Hiromu does it all the time. I yeah. didn't know if Doki did. I know they had a mo- like they called it the Doki Bomb on uh, commentary. I he- yeah. I he- heard that off the Japanese commentary, but yeah, I believe that's uh, the story.
0: I believe Hiromu stole it from him. So, not not knowing he was going to follow him to New Japan, because who the fuck could yeah. have seen Doki coming to New Japan at the time? He he just saw him on the on the Mexican Indies when he was down there on excursion, I think. So.
1: Yeah, it's like um, that I mean, kind of makes sense because I think in Haramu's, like notebook that he has, that he writes down stuff for each guy. I think he said for Doki, it was like guy who does cool moves. Yeah, like, so yeah, it was it like, yeah, it, was like from him.
0: it was like guy who does great moves or something. Yeah, it was great. It was his the notebook is
1: great. But yeah, and like you said, uh, Doki's um, selling of the stretch buffer was just great. Like it's like you said, I think I think it's really his eyes, and it's like he kind of like sells physically too. Like um, I don't know, like. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, Doki selling it. That was great for a guy in a mask. Yeah. And and just the way Despy let it in, too, was really good. Like, he looked like he was ripping off his leg. But yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Probably, like, uh, three and a half, three and three quarters, something like that. So not quite four for me, but still a really great ma- a really good match.
0: Uh, at the afterwards, Doki limping to the back using his pipe as a walking stick to sell the leg some more, while the crowd, like, sincerely applauds his efforts. Just a great moment at the end, too. Uh, you know, just a, I I don't know Just one of those visuals, that will stick with me Uh, after this match we learn that Noritaki Kinashi Will be the special guest promoter For Wrestle Kingdom 15 Um, he's one of these, like, Japanese celebrities Who's a jack-of-all-trades Uh, you know, he's a comedian, actor, and singer And he's, he sang a song here During this video And he was doing, like, a Don King impersonation That I thought was pretty funny But yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully he did not go blackface with it But, uh he <laughs> just to, just had the hair and like the you know the the gold chain and stuff but yeah it was uh it was a pretty good impersonation i thought and yeah the the whole you know th- this guy is a big big deal um you know I, I was like looking him up after after watching this video i mean I, he's like he's even pre i think Mike Spears and the voice of Wrestling slack said that he's he like predates even like beat takashi as far as like uh big japanese comedians. so, so he goes way back to like the 80s and you know, it's just the kind of guy that's, like, going to appeal to, um, like, an older fan, which, honestly, they, you know, maybe that's the idea. Maybe to reconnect with some older Japanese wrestling fans here since, I mean, if you look at the crowds, they don't seem to need ha- have a lot of trouble connecting with young fans lately, especially young women. Um, so maybe the idea is, like, we need to reconnect to our older male fan base from, you know, generations past, and this is a possible way to do it. I mean, I think it's easily the most... It has to be the biggest mainstream name they've been associated with in like, god, like twenty years or something. I mean, it's a, it's a big, big mainstream name, apparently. So,
1: yeah, I'll say I, I was really confused when this guy popped up on my screen, <laughs> but uh, at least I kind of I could read what it was saying, so I kind of got the idea pretty quick. But is that song he was singing like actually going to be the theme? Because I don't, know. I'm not sure. I liked that.
0: The song was kind of funny, I thought. But yeah, it's uh it, the song. I I could be wrong in this because it's not obviously, you know. It, I don't know a ton about the, you know, I, uh, the idea to me is I thought with the song was to like, I thought it was like trying to be like a show a throwback. Did you get that vibe?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I think for like the video, like the announcement video, it works. But if like that's going to be the actual theme song right. for of Kingdom, I'm not sure I'm really okay with that. Yeah. But for the announcement, it made sense. Like I, I enjoyed it for that.
0: Yeah, I thought it was like supposed to be like a show a throwback song. I mean, look, if you... If you've spent any time watching Japanese music videos and stuff which I do pretty often, you will come across so many like songs like that where, where it's like clearly some kind of celebrity or other media personality who's doing like who has a co- a comedic song or a you know a joke song or even just a vanity song. I mean that um, I can give an easy, easy example that people listening to this might know that Yada song, That became very popular in America uh, Very popular Like as an internet meme In the, I guess, like late 90s, early aughts Somewhere in there Like that was a comedian song I mean, that was a, you know, this comedian troupe uh, Coming together to to make this song That happened to become a big hit But that kind of thing happens all the time But like celebrities, uh, you know Being involved in, you know, Japanese music But I'm sure you've heard the Yada song, right? Or maybe was that? A little I probably before? have,
1: but it's not coming to mind.
0: <laughs> maybe it's a little before your time. But yes, if you look up Yatta, it's like Y A T T A. I'd be surprised if some people didn't hear of it. Um, you know, there's a God. What's another one I can think of? Uh, the, I keep the, the blanking on the name. Something beauty salon. Just there, they kind of became a little bit of an English be- um meme, but. Now I can't find it. So, oh, Yazima Beauty Salon, which is like a collaboration with like a, a musical artist and uh, two comedians. And that kind of thing happens a lot in, uh, you know, in Japanese music. So you just have a lot of, comedians really do love to get involved in, uh, you know, and they make, they make these com- joke songs and they end up becoming, uh, you know, they have, like actual hits. So anyway, just two examples I thought of off the top of my head. Uh, the next match here, which was match four, show defeats Master Watto in twelve fifty eight with a shock arrow. Uh, it moves show up to four and two, and it drops Watto down to four and two. Um, so this was all show for most of the first five minutes. Uh, he worked over Watto's arm and was like successfully blocking any kicks or other comeback attempts from Watto. Uh, Watto, I thought, did, like, his best selling of the entire tournament here. So, you know, definitely something where I think he's needed some work recently. Um, he finally managed to get a Rana after the five-minute call and did his big spitting dive for the outside. Uh, Sho quickly came back with a spear and then just started beating, or kicking the shit out of Watto while he was in a kneeling position. And, you know, I, I think you're supposed to feel bad for Watto here while he's eating these alternating kicks, but at this point in this tournament, he probably needed a bit of an ass-kicking, so I really like what his performance is, so I didn't really feel that bad for him, honestly. Uh, He did come back with some kicks of his own, but then he ate a really hard lariat from Show that I think was, like, a receipt for, like, a hard kick to the face moments before. I'm not 100% sure it was the face because the camera was, like, behind Show, but I think Watto caught Show with something, and then Show hit, like, an extra hard lariat right after that, so... You know, they could have been me-imagining things, but that's what it looked like. Uh, but yeah, this suddenly got, like, really stiff and nasty, and it ruled. And then Watto did, like, a pair of big high kicks on Show, and then went for the TTD, but Show got out of it, and then Watto kept dodging, like, all these different Larry attempts before uh, Show finally connected and, like, almost decapitated him, and Watto did this great flip sell, and then Show just hit the powerbomb lung blower for a two-count, and then followed by the shock arrow for the pin... Uh, finish was a little out of nowhere, but I thought this match still ruled. The two of them just like stiffed each other like crazy, just beat the piss out of each other. Uh, Wato has had a pretty rough tournament up to this point, but this was easily his best match of it so far. Uh, actually, this is gonna be the first time I go above three and a quarter for him. Uh, and show has been pretty great, continued being great. So I went three and three quarters. I thought this was really good.
1: Uh, I definitely agree with, disagree with that. <laughs> okay, I did not. This match did not do much for me to be honest, but. Like, this was my least anticipated match of the whole tournament, I think. Like, as soon as I saw the participants, one of like, my first thoughts was, man, I got to watch a Wado and show match. But, uh, like, Shota just doesn't do much for me outside of Rapongi 3K. Like, I'm really waiting for Yo to come back so they can relive the tag team because, I, even though they probably won't, because I'll probably stay split up. Yeah, I like, think Yo's going to come. I think, Yo's gonna come, Yo, like, I think Yo,
0: yeah, Yo's going to come back and turn on him. I think that's been my prediction for months, honestly.
1: But yeah, I'm just like, I just need Shota to find a tag a tag partner or something because I I don't think he's that good as a singles guy at least in like what I like whenever I watch him I don't really enjoy him that much but I think he's a great tag guy especially like for a hot tag but I don't know it's him singles wise doesn't really do much for me and then Watto is kind of like you never know what you're going to get from him like he's never bad really but it's just how good is he going to be in that this match and uh, the match really pretty much ended up being exactly what I expected it to be like show was mostly kind of boring to me Watto had some good bits but he didn't really like the world on fire for me either for the most part like his strikes looked really good in this which is something he kind of struggles with for me like they either look like they either look good or they look like shit never really in between but i thought he um his striking was really good here and like i don't know some of the move like move sequences were just really weird to me like like i was watching it's like what the fuck are they even doing but yeah um like i don't know it was fine probably like one of my least favorite matches of the tournament to be honest but uh, probably, like, I don't know what I'd star rate it really I didn't rate it but yeah this match just didn't do much for me
0: <laughs> okay so definitely disconnect that that's for sure I can tell you my least favorite match of the tournament was uh, Doki and Ishimori which I won two stars on I don't know what was wrong with the two of them that day because they both had great tournaments in that one match but uh, they, 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 I don't know they had a bad day that day I think that might have been from yes, the show they... you missed though uh,
1: no I, I, did, uh, I did watch that that was corking. Okay. I think it was like the next house show after that uh, I didn't I watch but yeah, like that Doki and Ishimori match wasn't very good either. But I don't think Ishimori has been having like a stellar tournament personally, other than the Horoma match.
0: I uh, okay. I guess we, we definitely disagree there because I have I liked I really liked his Urimura match and his Eagles match as well. And then the Taguchi and Bushi I thought are pretty good, which the Bushi one we're about to talk about. Uh, the only matches I really hated was that Doki match. But uh, so here's up next. Uh, Ishimori defeats Bushi in fifteen twenty six with the Bone Lock. Uh, so Ishimori moves to 5-1, and, and Bushi drops to 3-3. Three three. Uh, so this started out with Bushi drop kicking Ishimori before the bell, and then trying a tope to the floor. But Taiji cut him off with this cool hanging kick on the apron, basically nailing him mid tope It was quite the start. Uh, the match did get a little dull in the middle during Ishimori's heat segment. But Bushi did make a nice comeback. And really, Bushi's been one of my weaker guys in this tournament so far. But, like, I thought his comeback here was, like, among the most fire he's shown in this tournament. Uh, he finally got his big tope. He was denied at the start of the match. And then he gets a somewhat slow Canadian Destroyer for a two count. He goes for the MX. Uh, Ishimori catches him in midair and powers him all the way over into the Tombstone Lung Blower. That looked impressive. Uh, the muscular Chihuahua, I guess, coming through there and ishimori goes for the bloody cross bushi almost reverses to the bushi roll but ishimori kicks his legs out uh just he's about to get over the top or kicks his legs away i should say uh it's, it's like basically as he's gonna get over him to get like the it's you know the bushi was like this hanging crucifix right or this hanging backslide i guess actually and like just he's getting his legs over like ishimori kicks him straight up in the air It was a really cool counter uh, he then switches to the bone lock, and that gets the tap out. Uh, the finish was quite definitive, and, you know, just uh, looked very cool, I thought. Ishimori basically just countered Bushi's counter and put him away. Um, but yeah, I thought, uh, he, you know, he continues to be booked very strongly in this tournament. But I thought this was the worst match of the night, but still pretty good. I went three and a quarter. Uh, it got a little boring in parts, but I thought it, I mostly enjoyed it, for the, you know, for the most part.
1: Yeah, this match was okay, but um, I think Bushi was really much the highlight of it, because I think, I don't, like you said, I, I don't think Ishimori, I don't know what it was with him tonight, but he just kind of felt like he was like sleepwalking through the match for most of it, and then out of nowhere, Bushi hit a Canadian Destroyer to kind of wake everyone up. Like, it was a little bit of a slow Canadian Destroyer, but like, that was really like the most notable um thing in the match to me. Like, it just really dragged, and it didn't help. I heard the five-minute call, and I thought they said ten. So when they actually hit the ten minute call, I was kind of like, "Oh crap, we still got five minutes of this to go." But sometimes I miss hear that stuff. But um, yeah, it was just it, it was okay. Just nothing. standing. probably I don't know. I, I, still, I personally I think Show and Wato was worse, but it's definitely like one of the lower matches of the night.
0: Uh, the main event: Hiromu Takahashi defeats Arabi Eagles in twenty six oh one with the time bomb two. It moves Hiromu up to five and one and drops Eagles to a uh I would say somewhat surprising two and four. I'm pretty surprised by how poorly he's doing so far. We'll see if he gets some wins towards the end here. But I think he's he might be practically eliminated at this point. Because he ha they have what, three mat three matches left? Well, no, he can get to five and four. Uh but he already lost Hiromu and Ishimori. Yeah, he might be out. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Because the best he can get to is five and four. Uh, Hiromu and Ishimura already have five wins, and they both beat him, so yeah I think he I think this eliminated Robbie, but there you go uh but yeah, this was a this i mean this was awesome, I mean you know this was a fucking awesome match. a lot of people seem to have it even higher than I do, but uh so I'll be interested to see what you think of it when i after I go through it here uh Hiromu teased giving the book to who who is on commentary for samurai t v all night which uh you know if you can't hear him watching on new Japan worlds because you don't get the samurai. Commentary on New Japan World. You get a different commentary team, uh, but yeah, he then gave it to Milano like normal. Shingo looked a, uh, a little offended, which was funny. And then uh, you know, Milano every night now does like a big bow when he gets it, which I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, the Robbie entry was like what? Thank you for coming, right? It was like kute, like aligato or something.
1: Uh, probably. I, I, I didn't read what his said. I, I think it was like
0: kute aligato must kute but anyway uh eagles you know just wipes out Hiromu with a dive and then like starts uh pantomiming these little cat motions to mock Hiromu, Which just like <laughs> that was really funny i love that <laughs> uh, he nails robbie with a or Hiromu comes back and nails robbie with a big shotgun drop kick on the floor and sends him through the railing fence just before the five minute mark he gives a sarcastic, uh, Robbie, 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 oi, oi, oi chant in the ring as she's like, punching away at him while holding him in a camel clutch. So, getting him back for that cat stuff, I guess. Uh, we get a bit more taunting by Hiromu before Robbie finally comes with a big comeback. He, like, wipes him out with those kicks, does this brutal double-looking knee double knee attack to, the, to Hiromu's face in the corner. Uh, we get the 15-minute call and things, like, go to another level... Uh, we get a super close near fall for Eagles as he reverses the time bomb into a cradle. He hits a chop block on Hiromu that Hiromu does a great sell job for, just screaming in pain. Uh, but then Hiromu comes back with two straight super kicks that nearly take Robbie's head off. Uh, Hiromu then sets Eagles up on the apron, super kicks him again, then goes for the sunset flip power bomb. But his leg gives out as soon as he hits the floor. That was just such a great spot. Uh, so he's unable to get Robbie over for the sunset flip power bomb. He gets back up on the apron. Uh, Eagles hits a super kick to the leg. Goes for the Shuronai using the post. But Hiromu is able to block it. And they trade elbows on the apron. Uh, Hiromu like screams his name and goes for another super kick. But Robbie catches his leg and delivers a brutal turbo backpack on the apron. That was awesome. Uh, we get a count out tease. But Hiromu just barely beats the count. Uh, just so we get the 20 minute call. Robbie goes for the 450 to leg. Hiromu goes up there to cut him off. Uh, Robbie fights him off, turns it into a top rope and I, but Hiromu kicks out of two. Eagles goes right back up and goes for the 450 to leg again. Hiromu rolls like partly out of the way, but just takes it on the back instead, which still hurts, of course. So uh, Robbie covers and gets the two count. He then goes for the Ron Miller special, but Hiromu rolls him up from their near fall. Uh, Robbie hits a running kick to the leg and then successfully locks in the Ron Miller special this time. Just outstanding selling from Hiromu here acting like he's going to tap at any second, but he eventually does manage to crawl the ropes to force a break. Uh, there's like a slight botch while Hiromu was, uh, you know, supposed to counter eagles, uh, you know, locking in the Ron Miller's vessel. But, you know, basically, oh, sorry, the slight botch He's supposed to counter eagles like straight up onto his shoulder uh, from the reverse Shura and I, uh, and then like collapse on the bad leg. He doesn't quite get Robbie up on his shoulders, off that, off that reverse and I. Um, You know, since he's supposed to be collapsing and selling anyway, it's not that big of a deal. But it was, I think, a slight botch. Um, Robbie then keeps kicking at the leg. Hiromu like explodes out of nowhere with a huge lariat. He did an awesome job, basically like leaping on one leg to get the lariat. Uh, unfortunately, he does a full force run into a lariat right after that for a two count, which I don't love. But at least he slapped the leg repeatedly right before he ran, I guess. Uh, Eagles hits a series of kicks to the face. Hiromu manages to catch him going for a Rana, powers him straight up into his suplex face buster, which they keep saying the name of, and I never remember what it is, but, oh well. Uh, he then grabs Ravi from behind, hits the Time Bomb too, and that is the pin. Match was awesome. Uh, you know, it was hyped up pretty pretty big before I watched it, and, uh, I think it pretty much was as I expected. Outstanding leg sling from Hiromu, fantastic work from both guys. Uh, I could nitpick and say Hiromu did that one running spot toward the end, and the finish to me felt a little, I don't know, a little anticlimactic or something. But still an awesome match, easily four and a quarter, uh, right behind Hiromu versus Doki for my favorite match of the tournament so far. I think that's still my favorite, but this would be number two pretty easily.
1: Yeah, say I thought this match was just incredible. Like It was my most anticipated match of the tournament after they were kind of like, building up to a Haramu Robby match, it seemed like before COVID hit when like maybe do like a title match at like new beginning, not new beginning, but like one of the tours four best super juniors, I guess. But since we were denied it there, I was kind of really excited to have it here. And uh, like they just laid this match out pretty much perfectly. Um, started off pretty slow with them taunting each other, kept it interesting throughout, slowly build up, built up until like it peaked like just the right moment around like the 20 minute mark. And, just a ton of crazy big moves Like that Like one, like you said One of my favorite spots Of the whole ter- thing Was um, Haramu going for the Sunset flip powerbomb To the outside But then just collapsing Because he can't actually hit it Because of his leg Like, like uh, Some people I saw Were I forget what match it was I think it was the desbe Hiromu match Where they were saying Like oh Haramu wasn't Selling well enough in that mm-hmm. But I think he kind of just Did the like Selling here perfectly just Multiple times It Actually playing into the match Like the sunset flip powerbomb and then the uh, running DVD into the corner that he does, but again his leg gave out so he couldn't hit it, and that fucking uh, back or turbo backpack on the apron was just um, ridiculous. Like these two were just going all out, and um, I'm between like four and a half, four three quarters. Like so, I oh, definitely wow. think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you, but yeah. I definitely think it was her it's It's uh, match of the tournament for sure for me. But it might be Haramu's best match this year. Like maybe the Wrestle Kingdom title match might be better. It's pretty much between those two for me. Yeah,
0: I think I like the Dragon Lee match better, but uh, a new beginning. But uh.
1: Oh yeah, I like that match That's probably like, that'd be my number three probably.
0: Yeah, but there you go. This was I thought was the best night of the tour. Uh, more like what people were expecting from a best of Super Junior Korakin. You know, I had two matches of four plus, another three and three quarters, a three and a half. And the worst match of the night, three and a quarter. So great, great stuff here uh, as the best of Super Junior really has in stride in the second half. I thought, you know, the last couple of nights have been really good. So, you know, hopefully they keep it up here down the stretch. Um,
1: yes, I've been enjoying the whole tournament, really. I, yeah. I I get the criticism that it's not as good as past Best Super Juniors, but that's kind of what's going to happen when you kind of lose the international uh, flair of Best Super Juniors.
0: Yeah. I think it's been a damn good tournament. I don't know. I think people are. Yeah, I've been enjoying people, it. A lot. People are a little too negative early on. So I think it's picked. Maybe even including me. <laughs> but like like after night three, I remember not being super super thrilled with night three at Korokan. Whatever the. Yeah, I think that was the second. Or no, which one was the second Was that Corican? the
1: one with uh, Bushi and Hiromu as the main? Yeah,
0: I think that was the second Corican, Um Which I wasn't yeah, I thrilled so, yeah. with. And then night four. But night four and five were both pretty damn good. And night six was awesome. So. Like I said, the second third here really picked up, and it's been quite good. All right, so our best of Super Junior standings after night six, uh, we have Hiromu and Ishimori uh, both at five and one with ten points, but Hiromu has the tiebreaker; he beat Ishimori, so right now he's standing on his own at the top. Then you have Master Wato, Show, and El Desperado all at four and two. Then you have Bushi and Taguchi at three and three, six points. Uh, below them, like I said, pretty surprised. Robbie Eagles two and four, four points. And then all by them lonesome here, Doki and Yuya Urimura, 0-6 with 0 points. Although one of them is about to be at 2 points, as we'll talk about. Uh, the best of Super Junior's name 7. We get a little bit of a break here. It's Wednesday, uh, December 2nd at the Osaka Muni- Municipal Center Gymnasium. Uh, the opener is what, Kojima and Homa against Suji and Ked. So finally mix it up a little bit. Guessing, God, I guess guy didn't want to go to Osaka. Uh, match 2, Yuya Urimura versus Doki. Um... Doki's gonna win that. And finally, get his first two points. So good, good for Doki. Um, but yeah, that, that could be pretty good, especially since the, the fans will like really bite on those Eimer and near falls. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely that's gonna be really good.
0: Uh, match three: Taguchi against Eagles. I think Eagles wins that. I think he's gonna get to three and four here, and you know, Toguchi's already at three and three, and not not gonna fact. Neither neither of these guys are gonna factor into the end anyway. So I think they give the win to Eagles.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him get at least another point, not another win. Uh, Like I said, I think it's really surprising how little wins he's gotten so far.
0: Yeah. Then we have Master Wato against Bushi. Um, I could see Bushi winning that, but I think Wato wins because he's going to be alive on the last night uh, because he's facing Hiromu, so I think Wato's going to win that. Yeah, probably. Uh, Then Taiji Ishimori versus El Desperado. That's a big match. Uh, Ishimori, 10 points. Despy at 8. Champion versus Champion. Uh, pretty excited for that one I don't know which way they're going to go with this I think Desperado is going to win and I think Show's going to win the main so you have 4 guys tied at 10 points uh, I could be wrong on that but that's what I think they're going to do or 5 guys tied at 10 points too if Wato wins so
1: yes yeah, so I, I think Desperado going to win this one for sure
0: and in the main event Show at 8 points against Romo at 10 points I just gave away I think Show is going to win this and get possibly the biggest win of his singles career so far actually not even possibly it would be the biggest um and yeah i think uh you know this could be really good so i'm pretty excited for it
1: yeah i so say overall i think that show should be really good yeah he said it's in a saga, so they might it'll probably have their working boots on. it'll probably be a really good show overall
0: yeah uh so that will be covered again on the omakase patreon so if you want to hear my review of that show it's at patreon.com slash wrestling omakase for only five bucks Uh, The next show we'll be covering on the Patreon, actually, is the World Tag League Night 7, which is tomorrow, uh, Monday, November 30th at Corrigan. Also on the Patreon with the big Finn Jews versus Dangerous Techers main event, which I'm very excited for. I mean, those two teams. I would say those two teams and Shingo and Sonata have been the clear clash of that tournament. And then, you know, Okan and Cobb have been a lot of fun, too. Uh, You know, Godo and Yoshihashi. Uh, You know, Tana, Hanare Just, there's a a whole, I mean, Evil and Ujiro Have even been kind of surprisingly Enjoyable, Uh, really the only teams I haven't enjoyed that much um, Are Ishii and Yano Who, uh, I mean, just Ishii looks very uninterested a lot of nights And I don't really blame him Uh, You know, Yano's Yano Uh, Girls of Destiny haven't looked that great to me Other than, you know, Tangaloa looks Okay some nights, and You know, Tama just, I don't know he, He is what he is, I guess, too uh, but I think Tongalo has surpassed him. And then Fale and Owens have been the dirt worst. Really, the only thing, like, really dragging down what's been a pretty damn good World Tag League is that fucking Fale and Owens team. They've been horrible. But anyway, there's a quick World Tag League thoughts for those of you who haven't been listening to the Patreon every day. But, I don't know, you have yeah, Sam.
1: You're a better man, better person than me uh, watching all these World Tag League matches. I, <laughs> been, I cannot do it. They've
0: been good. I mean, it's been a good tournament. I don't know. Been, the last few nights especially have been quite good. The Techers are so fucking awesome. So, like, the, the Dangerous Techers, Finjuice and Shingo and Sonata, they, they've resulted in – I have multiple four-star matches. So there's been some really good stuff. Uh, let me see here just off the top of my head. Yeah, Techers against Tana Hanari I went four. Techers against Sonata and Shingo I went four and a quarter uh teckers against okan and kabe went for um finjuice against sanai shingo i went for you know so there's been a lot of good stuff in the tournament there's just, there's just been a lot of bad stuff too with the mostly with the Foley and owens team uh which have been you know brutal in this tournament i mean it really uh you know if you want to you want to enjoy the tournament just skip their matches basically that's what it comes down to uh you know it's just been they've been pretty horrible but there you go.
1: Yeah. i say I've definitely been picking and choosing myself. Mostly if I see anything, like if you recommend it or if someone else, I'm, i I kind of feel like I have similar, uh, tastes with, like, I, I do need to watch that techers and, uh, empire match for one. Yeah. That was awesome. That's on my list. Yeah.
0: That was awesome. Definitely recommended. So if you want to hear tomorrow's show review, it again, patreoncom slash wrestling. Let's get over to the D O now, the D T D O, uh, so to recap my thoughts, and I guess you can you've seen all of it so far, I assume.
1: Uh not yeah oh. I've I've only seen night one and then today's show. okay well you didn't like, to watch too. Well the other well you did the,
0: the, no 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 you don't actually because those two shows fucking kind of sucked uh, I mean I mean I, so I was gonna recap again for people people who didn't hear my daily audio on the Patreon uh and the episode I did with Liam yesterday I mean day night two especially uh, do not bother watching that was a very disappointing show. I mean, it tops off at three and a half stars in one match. and the main event, uh, the Brooks and... Uh, not Brooks, I'm sorry. The uh Takeshi to Akito match is like a half an almost a half an hour, and just like really, really quite bad. I mean, I went two stars on it. Uh, so yeah, night two. <laughs> skip night two for sure. Uh, night three is a little better. I still think very skippable. It still tops out at three and a half stars, but at least the main event isn't like... Endless and bad. But it's still a pretty disappointing Endo of a Gucci match at only three and a quarter. So, yeah, I mean, they came into this show tonight needing a, a good show because the last two nights of the D.O., after the first night, which was awesome. I mean, the first night from Corican we talked about in the free feed last week. That was an awesome show. Uh, you know, they needed a good show, and I thought they had a good show. So, you know, they they desperately needed it, and they they did have one here. Uh, night four was today, Sunday, eleven twenty nine from the Osaka um Azazaria Taisho Hall. I looked up where this was in Osaka just to see if I, you know, if it's anywhere near where I've been in the city. It looks like it's pretty far out uh, in the Taisho Ward. Um, you know, it's well to the south, uh, southwest of the, even the Namba, uh, like, touristy area that I've been to. So it looks like this is, like, well outside of uh, any areas where any tourists would go to, basically. But, yeah, it's, like, quite not, not super far from there. Like, let's say, from JR Namba Station... I bet it's only a little bit, but it's definitely just like past where I would have gone. So I definitely haven't been anywhere nearby. Yeah, it's only about yeah, twenty-seven minutes from JR Namba. So, you know, not really that far, I guess, but uh definitely not a place I've been to before. Uh this show, the opener, was Antonio Honda defeating Keigo Nakamura with a backslide pin in 836. Uh, obviously not a tournament match. Oh, and I should mention, too, the, the, the injury the injury buy for the show. The guy you're supposed to fight, Daisuke Sasaki, but uh, Sasaki is out injured with a inj- broken rib, um, as you talked about in the Patreon, if you haven't heard uh, since the last free show. So Sasaki's out. Um, all the guys who are going to fight him get a injury buy. So that's Hirashima on this show. Uh, there was also supposed to be a scheduled night off because uh, it's seven guys per block, so someone gets a night off every show. Uh, it was Akito in the A-block, and thank God, because Akito's been kind of brutal in this tournament so far. Usually a guy I really like, too, but the, his, his tournament's not been good. And Shuma Katsumata in the B-block got the night off as well. But yeah, this Honda-Nakamura match, um, you know, first of all, after I talked a lot on the on the Patreon about how great it was for those uh, two, two Narimasu Act Hall shows to at least have announcers and single cam instead of just single cam like you've had in the past years for D.O. spot shows. We had no announcers for this show. So, uh, you know, it was like the Price is Right fail horn, I guess. It was like, da-da, da ah, No announcers. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really miss the announcers because they do add energy to these uh, single cam shows. But, anyway, so the, the the joke here was they end up under the ring. I guess we get, like, you know, loud noises or whatever. And they come out and they, they ha- they, they've they swapped outfits and Kago starts doing Honda's whole stick with the punches and elbows. But then Honda backslides him and gets the pen. The ring announcer says Keigo Nakamura is the winner. And he's never won a match is a big part of this joke. His music plays. Honda as Nakamura does like an excited young lion celebration. Uh, and then finally he realizes, oh wait, I'm Antonio Honda. So I guess we didn't see the first Keigo Nakamura win ever. And Nakamura gets upset and they uh still in Honda gear. Back in the entranceway. I guess that was his plan. but To get his first win. So it's a pretty funny joke here. Uh, but yeah the match was boring for a little while. But the joke at the end was funny. So
1: Yeah I pretty much I have the same opinion. Like the match was whatever. But the, the finishing joke was pretty great. Like, yeah. I love Nakamura, like, just being all depressed and the, at, like, at the entryway when he found out he didn't actually get his first win.
0: <laughs> like, the, the, that was just uh, such a clever way to announce uh, a first ever King Nakamura win without actually giving him a win. So, it's like a, almost like a parody of, like, the Young Lion thing. So, it was really funny.
1: Yeah, I did, like, uh, before they went outside and, like, switched their gear or whatever, they were both, like, dueling gone, the foxes, <laughs> but they kept missing because they'd slide over the other guy's head because they're both bald. <laughs>
0: Uh match number two, Hirashima and Torowashi defeat Doncho Kudino and Kazuki Hirata Uh Hirashima pinned Hirata with the Somato in 1017. So there's a lot to this match. First of all, the idea is they still want the um the Daisuke uh Sasaki, like the guy who's supposed to fight Sasaki uh, you know, in a tournament match that's now getting a bye in each night. They still want him to they still want that guy to have a match. So here it's a tag match with the uh, you know the DDT variety team, right? Like the, that's what they they've been do- claiming themselves as. So here it just starts to give his normal speech about how you know they're going to decide a new Osaka uh, you know variety title and we're going to blow blow away the Do and then Imabayashi... the you know the authority figure of the promotion. Uh, I don't actually I don't think he has official authority anymore, but he's still they still act like he does. So he basically stops the match and berates them uh, and says they can't do a stupid comedy match. Because Hiroshima is... In an important tournament... And he can't afford to lose focus... Uh, and as always... Uh, big shout out to DT English Update... For the, the help here... Uh, with the translations... At DT Pro... Underscore E.N.G. on Twitter... But he tells them... Uh, Awashi... None of your dumb lucha... Dino... No ass... And Hirata... None of your stupid dancing... Uh, at one point... Iwabayashi asked Dino... Uh, you know... Who wants to see the ass... Of a man in his 40s... And if he thought about his future... Some real savage shit. And then Dino, like, affirms that he'll be showing his ass well into his 50s. Which is horrifying to think about. But uh, Ima's not having it. But then, Hiroshima finally, like, stops them, Or stops Imbayashi. And says, you know, I heard what you said through the curtain. And, you know, I'm doing well in the deal right now. And I'm thankful that you care about me. But more importantly, these guys do their best uh, to make wrestling fun for the fans. They do it with pride. And Hiroshima's like, try to understand them. Give them a chance, and even by that, she's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't even try to understand them. I will do my try my best to understand each and every one of them. For starters, I'll try to understand Dino. I will show my ass." And he gets up in the corner like Dino and pulls his pants down, even though everybody's like, "No, this is not what we wanted." And he just did. He just stand stands there with his ass out forever, like for a long time, like even well after the match ends. Uh, but yeah, Dino. Tells Harashima that what he said made him happy, uh, and the undercard may not. The undercard may not get to be a part of the DO, but we still do our best to make the fans happy. And it also tells him, you do your best to win the DO, and he pins Hirata with the samato. This was fucking funny.
1: Yeah, I'll say I love this match. It was so funny. <laughs> it's definitely a match you need to look up the D-English um, <laughs> explanation of it because that definitely helps a lot. And like you said, Imabayashi was up there with his ass out for so long. <laughs> Like to the point where like you know like they disinfect the ring after matches. They even disinfected his ass while they were cleaning the. <laughs> yeah, the crowd was the <laughs> crowd was
0: laughing so hard at that. It was great.
1: Oh man, yeah, this was just a really funny match. Uh,
0: match number three, the first Do Grand Prix match, the the B block. So the way DD's been doing these shows, uh, they do all the one all the matches for one block and then they all the matches for the other block, uh, which I like. I happen to think that's a pretty cool way to do it. Uh, this is the B block, the first match, Sato Higuchi defeats Soma Takao with the uh, Bu- Buchika mashi at 11.30 I had to really sound that one out uh, and moves Higuchi, up to, moves Higuchi up to 5 points and drops Takao to 4 points You're tr- you've been trying to learn Japanese too do you have like a harder time with Romanji now because I feel like I'm so used to reading like kanji and especially like Hiragana and Katakana like you know readings of kanji that like when I'm trying to read Romanji I, like, it, it actually like confuses my brain now
1: I said my problem really with Rom- Romaji now is like, um, if it's a long vowel and they shorten it anyway, like if it's supposed to be like OU or like O and they just cut it to O, like Kenno's name for one, like, yeah. they, well, there's just 50 different uh, different ways to write his name in Romaji apparently, but yeah, it's like I don't have trouble reading it, it's just sometimes they leave out stuff so it makes it harder to pronounce accurately, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know, like, I've really been going hard on the, the immersing without Romaji. So now when I see it, it's you know, especially these longer words, I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> I have to read I have to remember how to read this.
1: Uh, I definitely like if you're <laughs> learning Japanese, you want to drop Romaji as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh,
0: so Soma just kinda like very slowly stomps and beats on Higuchi for a while in a pretty uninteresting way for most of the first five minutes of this match. Uh, Higuchi Haguchi finally makes a nice little comeback. He hits Soma with a big atomic drop. He hits a running shoulder block and a power slam for a two-count. Uh, and then he goes after Higuchi's arm. But then Higuchi hits that big, I guess, shoulder block out of nowhere for the surprising pin. Uh, I didn't dig this at all, really. I thought Soma's offense was, like, beyond boring. Higuchi's comeback was pretty decent, but not worth sitting through the boring uh, offense. And the closing stretch wasn't very exciting to me either. Uh, you know, that shoulder block charge, which I guess I just pronounced the mispronounced the name of... Not an exciting finisher, really. I don't know. Two and a quarter for me. Below average match.
1: I actually enjoyed this match a lot. Like it was oh. <laughs> I feel better than I expected going in. Okay. To be honest, like like so someone's kind of hit or miss with me, and I think he actually kind of delivered here to me at least. Like um, yeah, like the beginning was a little uh, not. It like, wasn't as good as it could have been, but pretty much like once they we were fighting outside, and uh, Higuchi or Soma made Higuchi like chop the ring post to like, injure his arm. I thought it kind of got really good from there because it gave, uh, some, a target to focus on and it, it kept coming back in the match. Like, um, Hukuchi was like, I don't know, it was like a bear hug kind of, and someone like reversed it into like this arm lock that I thought was really good. And, uh, then like someone was like stomping on his arm and Huguchi got up and just like dared him to strike him and caught like the shoulder strike or not the shoulder strike. Um, like, the elbow strike with his, like, head and shoulder, like, caught the uh, strike. So I thought that was really good. And I kind of actually like the finishing sequence. Like, um, Higuchi going for that shoulder tackle, but then someone just blocked it only for uh, Higuchi to, like, immediately tackle him again for the win. Like, I def- I do agree, though. It is kind of, like, anticlimactic of a finisher. I wish he'd come up with something else. Like, his main finishers are, like, the shoulder tackle and then, like, the torture rack on the shoulders kind of are- – I don't know, Torch Rack, but I'm bad with I think names, it's Canadian, but...
0: Canadian backbreaker. I think.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, like those are his two main finishers, and I definitely think he could come up with something better, but I don't know. I, just, I really enjoy this match. Uh,
0: match number four, Jun defeats Makoto Oishi with the Fujiyama knee-lock cutback in 10-49. Jun goes to four points, and Oishi stays at two. Um, I like to start this match a lot with, like, Oishi de- trying, like, desperately to tr- do anything to get the bigger Akiyama off the- off his feet uh, before Akiyama just easily stuffs him and eventually, like, drills him with his pile driver, almost, like, pulls him straight back from his takedown attempt into the pile driver, like, a very cool and natural-looking way. And it's just very natural mat work in general. Uh, Oishi does eventually get some offense on Akiyama. He gets a big swinging DUT out of the corner. He tries to set him up for the Miracle Ecstasy Bomb, but that's Easier said than dumb when it starts out as a choke slam, akiyama easily fights him off. Uh Oishi, you know, survives the exploder, among other things, and gets his knee bar locked down Akiyama on the mat, but when like Oishi tries to pull back on it a little too hard, Akiyama is like easily able to roll through it into the pen, and that gets him the three count. Um, you know, I like to finish a lot there. Like, she, you know, just trying to pull back on it a little too hard and it lets the bigger veteran Akiyama just like roll through it for the pen. I thought this was a damn good match. A lot of cool mat work at the start. A great like big versus small match in general. Uh, I went three and a half. Definitely enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I'll say, I I really enjoyed this too. I was kind of a little bit surprised that Akiyama won. Like, obviously he can beat anybody but I kind of figured he has to lose some time in this tournament and all he's really lost to is, um, endo so i figured losing oishi wouldn't be a terrible loss for him especially since oishi is supposed to be the leader of Junretsu, not akiyama but like i said i think it was really mat based at the beginning which i kind of expect to on going into that's kind of Oishi's specialty but uh i loved uh like oishi just kicking out like everything from akiyama like the including the uh, exposed running knee and uh i like guess you said i the yeah, finish was really good with um, Akiyama just rolling him up. Not necessarily getting a definitive, like, a decisive win, but a win nonetheless because Oishi kind of slipped up. And I really liked Oishi's uh, selling of the defeat after the match. And, yeah, it's like, uh, probably, like, three and a quarter, three and a half, yeah. Uh,
0: match number five was Tetsuya Endo defeating Yuki Ueno with the Shooting Star Press in twenty two fifty six. That moves Endo up to seven points and drops— Ueno stays at two points. Um— yeah, this was this was fucking awesome. Uh, a really high-energy start with both guys going hard and fast at each other. Neither is able to land, like, a real blow. Um, you know, they eventually fight out to the apron after the five-minute mark where Erweno drops Endo with, like, a hard snap DDT. Uh, you know, Endo continues just, like, bumping all over the place for Erweno throughout the match. He takes this really cool, like, counter-stunner off the ropes uh, after Endo had been looking for something else. I, I don't remember what, honestly. It was... Maybe like a suplex off there or something. But then he also takes this like really like awesome flying bump right on his neck off a Ueno dropkick or missile dropkick off the top. Uh, we get a pretty pretty crazy no-sell exchange with Endo no-selling a half-Nelson suplex from Ueno. Ueno no-sells a super kick. Endo no-sells an enzagiri. And then finally Ueno no-sells a Canadian destroyer and like rolls right on top of Endo when they hit the ground for a close pin attempt. Uh, that could have been hokey, but I thought it looked awesome mainly because they both like, you know, they were both still like subtly selling the moves as they stagger back to their feet. And that, that last roll up by Ueno after the Matt was awesome. And it leads to a double knockout tease after a Lariat by Endo and a big dropkick by Ueno. So it was like, they were still selling the, you know, accumulation of all those moves. And that had a little more weight than usual because, you know, Endo Haguchi on the last show had just ended up with a double knockout. Uh, Aweno hits an awesome Rana counter to an Endo power bomb. They pull that off perfectly. Like just jumped up in midair. Just really did a, did a great job with that for super close near fall. And then Endo is finally able to finish Aweno off with the Torture Rack bomb, followed by the Shooting Star Press for the win. Uh, I won four stars on this, easily match of the night, up there for the best of the tournament so far. I don't quite think it's up there. Like I think I still liked uh, maybe God, which one I'm thinking of. One of, the, one of the matches from night two, uh, probably the probably the Ueno and Higuchi match, I think. From night one, I mean. I think that was my favorite match. They're all four stars, though, so, I mean, it's close. But, yeah, these are the best since night one. Uh, and Ueno put up a great fight. Uh, I thought he might really pull it off, you know, win the uh, champion versus champion match here since Ueno's the universal champion Uh, But they're really running with the unbeatable, you know, KOD Openweight Champion thing for Endo right now. You have to respect that booking. So I thought this was awesome.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love this match. It was the best matches two have had yet in their, like, little series we're doing this year. Like, this matchup is like a whole. has kind of been hit or miss with me this year. Like, I I forgot which one it was, or which one's which. But I remember, like, one of their matches I just didn't like at all, and one of them I liked, but still not as much as the others, or other people seem to. Like, I think it was the gauntlet cash-in that I didn't really like that much. Oh,
0: yeah. That, but, I, I did like that a lot, so.
1: But yeah, like, Ueno's been on a roll since winning the Universal title, like, in this kind of discontinued it, because I just thought this match was awesome. Um, I was surprised so much of this was Endo working from underneath early on, but it kind of made sense in the end, since pretty much went all out against each other, but um, like there's one really gruesome looking spot that happened right around the 20-minute call-, call. I think it might have been, like, right before it. it was like up on the turnbuckle i don't know what ueno was trying to do but it ended up kind of just him dropping endo on his neck on the turnbuckle like it ended up looking kind of cool but i don't know what he was trying to do it took him like forever to actually set it up now, that's really like my main nitpick about the match but beyond that i thought it was a great match like you i think it, i don't know if it's my best, favorite match of the tournament so far but it's definitely like my number two probably
0: yeah
1: like i think i think ueno has been my um it's probably definitely my top match so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think I liked yeah Gucci Ueno better. This this and Endo Akiyama is close. I think I like this a little better than Endo Akiyama from night one. So it's probably my number two match so far of the tournament. But yeah, I mean, the, nights two and three just didn't give anything on that level. So very glad that like we got at least one more awesome match, uh, you know, on this show. Yeah, um,
1: I think those three are like the main matches so far of the tournament, and probably. All around, like four, four and a quarter for me.
0: Yeah, uh, match number six uh, in the A block. Mao defeats Yu- Yukio Sakaguchi with the Michinoku Driver two in nine fifty three. So Mao moves up to four points, and Yukio's stuck at four points. Uh, they started this out. They started this out pretty tentatively. Uh, Mao got some kind of like wacky head scissors with like his whole body extended outward. It was a uh, very wacky looking. But Sakaguchi was very close to the ropes and made it fairly easily. Get a decent moonsaw off the second turnbuckle to the floor from Mao just before the five-minute mark. I didn't really have to say from Mao there. Sakaguchi's not doing moonsaults off the second turnbuckle anytime soon. Uh, Sakaguchi comes back with a nice strike combination, some hard slaps to the face, but misses his charging knee in the corner when Mao dodges, and then Mao hits a great missile drop kick to the back of the head. Uh, Mao gets a big spitting kick to counter a charging Sakaguchi, a palm strike, and then a Michinoku driver for... Pretty surprising, pen. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. The finish was, like, very much out of nowhere for me. I would like this to go a little longer here, but what they did was mostly good stuff, so I would go three and a quarter stars.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty cool match. I liked um, Mao kind of doing more of a striking and mat-based match early on instead of, like, his usual, like, high-speed, high-flying kind of stuff. Still had a little bit, like, the moonsault and that stuff that you mentioned, but I'm not sure uh is the kind of guy you want to try and have a striking match with, though, since that's kind of his bread and butter. But yeah, it worked, the it worked felt for, for now though. Yeah, so yeah I have worked for him because he beat him. Like uh, the finish felt kind of out of nowhere, like you said, which I'm not sure I liked. Like it was a, like, it, like it happened, and I was like, "Oh, that's really the finish?" I guess. Yeah. But yeah, like probably three and a quarter too. But yeah, it's like I enjoyed it, but the finish kind of came out of nowhere for me.
0: Uh, main event in the A Block, Chris Brooks defeats Konosuke Takashida by referee stoppage with a modified arm lock in 24-21, moves Brooks up to 6 points and Takeshita still at 4 points. Alright, so this match, kind of a slow start, really struggled to maintain my attention for the first like 10 minutes. Uh, you know, the very dead, even by COVID standards crowd all night didn't really help either, but other matches did more to overcome it, and these two just worked very slow early on, with which combined with the atmosphere just is not a great combo. Uh, it did pick up with both guys throwing elbows on the floor. Uh, Brooks like suddenly sent Takashita hard in the post, and Takashita was selling up the ban- selling the bandaid's up arm pretty well, I guess. Although I, I like, I'm gonna talk about it at the end. I don't think that's a strong point. Uh, Brooks put him in an octopus hold as referee Matt Series count got higher and higher, and then tried to rush back into the ring to leave Takashita to be counted out, but Take was able to just make it back in. Uh, they fight on the top rope. That fight honestly felt kind of endless to me, which didn't help with how much the match was dragging for me at that point uh, before Takashita was finally able to get a superplex. That was just before the 15-minute mark. Uh, we did do at least get a more exciting uh, suplex trading sequence soon after that. That was cool. Leads to another double knockout tease. We got a ref bump and a Brook's low blow before hitting the Prey Mantis Bomb. Uh, really channeling evil here, I guess. <laughs> but Takashita still kicks out of two. And then Takashita able to pull... Like, pull him into a big larry out of nowhere for a two-count. I don't love that. Because you had to pull him with the arm that he's been selling all match. Looked pretty stupid. Uh, I mean, it looked cool, I guess. But, like, it just... Stupid didn't make a lot of sense, you know? Um, Takashita then tries to get him for a deadlift German. But Brooks uh, smartly goes after the bad arm to reverse it into, you know, this wacky hold. And then finally gets the arm pulled back after a long struggle. And the referee does stop it. Um, yeah. And then after, interesting that Takashita was willing to shake hands with a guy who low-blowed him after the match. <laughs> Very nice of him. But yeah, I don't know what to do with this match. I mean, it was long and dull for a lot of those stretches. Like, the best parts were in the finishing stretch, so that's nice. The finish made sense. But most of it was just not that interesting to me. And, like, I know I've talked about this behind the paywall. But the problem with Takashita doing this, like, Go Shiozaki arm injury shit all-tournament is that he's not Go Shiozaki when it comes to selling. It's not remotely his strength. I don't find him to be a sympathetic or interesting babyface. And, you know, what he does well is, like, the big, puro bomb-throwing, like, modern matches with, like, a million lariats and a million suplexes. That's what he does well. He executes moves about as well as anybody in wrestling now. But, like, he is not an interesting, like, or... I don't know. He just doesn't come across as, like, a vulnerable, sympathetic guy at all when he's so much bigger than most of these guys in this, in this tournament, I mean, he's still, you know, Brooks is a little taller, but like, you know, Takashi still looks like he has like 20 pounds on him. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I don't find it interesting. I don't find it, you know, uh, entertaining. So I'll give this the gentleman's three move on with my life. It wasn't bad or anything, but definitely nothing. You need to go out of your way to see.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the crowd because I was going to, because I, I didn't want to project my own thoughts onto the crowd, but they just did not seem to give a shit about this match for the majority of it. Like, I know it was a COVID crowd, so it's kind of hard to tell, like, the reactions, but it felt very quiet for the majority of this match until, so, like, the end. And, like, I'm very, like, hot and cold on Brooks singles matches. I, like, I hated his universal title run, to be honest, other than his match with Drew and the match with Ueno where he lost the belt. And then his match where he won the title with between these two, I thought was fine, but I remember a lot of people kind of thought it was great, but... Uh, this match, uh, pretty much same. I felt about their last match. I thought it was fine. It was a really slow start. Like it was mostly Chris in control for the first half, and I can't say his offense is uh, that thrilling to be honest. Uh, it wasn't really until the 15 minute mark when they did anything particularly interesting. They were really trying hard to put on like an epic feeling match, and a hot crowd probably would have helped that. But like I said, the start, like the crowds, did not seem into it at all, and ended up being just a really kind of dull match with the hot closing stretch like the closing stretch is very good but it's just like the rest of the match did nothing for me and i'd probably go over about three to myself
0: yeah it just wasn't just wasn't much of anything other than the closing stretch like you said uh but there you go still this was still a lot better than the two and three uh mostly because of that um and a match like no, nothing on either of those shows Comes close to that match. And this was, you know, even a match that I didn't love here was still a lot better than that Takashita Akito made of it on night two. So, you know, definitely improved here from nights two and three. uh Still well below night one. So, hopefully, as we get, get into more of these shows next weekend, because uh, we got a lot of time off here before the next show, um you know, hopefully at that point things will start picking up because it hasn't been a great tournament so far, honestly. Uh, here are your DO standings after night four. The A block, Hirashima all alone on the top, he's three and zero with six points. Uh Chris Brooks is three and two with six points. Uh Yu-Gi-Oh Sakaguchi is two and one. Uh wait, how the fuck is Brooks three and two? Did he really I guess he wrestled four matches on top of getting his bye win? I don't know. Maybe I have that wrong. Maybe he's three and one. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. He's th- I have him down three and two with six points. Uh gi Oh Sakaguchi, the dice case thing really screwed up the A block. Because all these guys have an extra win except for Takashita. Uh, Yukiyo Sakaguchi is two and one with four points. Akito and Mao are both two and two with four points. And then Konosuke Takashita is one and two with two points. And then uh, Sasaki will finish his tournament one and five with two points. The B block you have Tetsuya Endo three oh, and one for seven points. Uh, Katsuharu Higuchi right behind him two one and one for five points. Uh, we have Junakiyama and Soma Takao. Both two and one for four points, and then Yuki Ueno at one and two for two points. Makoto Oishi one and three for two points, and Shuma Katsumata zero oh and three zero points. Uh, so night five is from Tokyo Nayamasu Act Hall. It is a free show, so uh, you know another free show here for the for the fans to attend. Uh, it's not until Friday, December fourth, so you got like you know five days off here. They're only doing weekend shows basically. Um, Akito is the guy who's supposed to fight Daisuke Sasaki, so he has a night off, and the scheduled night off is Chris Brooks from A Block and Tetsuya Endo from B Block. Uh, match number one here is Don Shokudino and Akito versus Mizuki Watase and Hideki Okatani. Uh, the A Block, and this, these, by the way, are not the, the final order yet. They don't have that up yet, so don't know what the actual order will be. But the A Block is Takashida versus Mao, uh, interesting to see if they keep the Takashita arm injury storyline going, or if they have him beat Mao here. It could be like a big, big win for Mao if uh, they want to go that route. But uh, something tells me Takashita will get back on track here, and you know, at least be relevant towards the end of the tournament. I don't know. Do you disagree?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Like, it could go either way. Yeah. Like, I'm. I'm really. I really don't know what they're going with the Takashita angle right now. I'm curious if it actually ends up being him joining Damnation, but yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt we'll it. We'll see. Too.
0: Uh, match three, or, well, I should stop saying Match three because we don't know the order. The next A block match Hiroshima versus Yukio Sakaguchi. Uh, Hiroshima is still undefeated here. I kind of think Sakaguchi's going to win and give him his first loss. I could be wrong, but just a feeling I have.
1: I don't yeah, know. I'm not sure. But I, I, <laughs> I could see Yukio beating him, but it's I'm not sure. Like some of these. Some of, some of these matches are really still up in the air right now.
0: Uh, match four in the, or the B block, Katsada Higuchi versus Shuma Katsumbada. Uh, Shuma still has zero points, but I think Higuchi is going to beat him. I don't see uh, Shuma getting his first win on Higuchi.
1: Yeah, I think Shuma's just going to eat a lot of pins, unfortunately. Uh,
0: then we got Soma Takao and Junakyama, both at four points. I think Jun is going to be in the in the mix here at the end, so I think Jun's going to win.
1: Yeah, I definitely. think June's probably going to win this one.
0: And then Makoto Oishi versus Yuki Ueno. Uh Oishi's are only at 2 points. Ueno already has 4. I could see I could see uh Ueno winning this, but uh yeah, I don't know. I could see I think I could see Oishi winning too, so.
1: Yeah, I think Ueno's going to win this cuz he's well he's like 2 and 2 right now. So yeah. I'd probably get him another win, but I could, it wouldn't surprise me if Oishi won either.
0: Oh, maybe he's only... Actually, no, I think he's only one and two. But I don't know. I actually think he's only one two or two points. I think I wrote that wrong. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's hard with all these, like, different guys on different, uh, you know, like different... Some of them had to buy already. Some of them haven't, you know. But anyway. Yeah. But I think the winner's at one and two. So maybe Uwana will win that, actually. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. So that will be covered on the Patreon. I guess so you can sign up at patreon.com slash Wrestling only five bucks, and we'll be covering that on Friday with a Patreon exclusive doubleheader uh, with myself and VOW contributor Jeff Andrews, along with the World Tag League show that day. So definitely check that out. All right, so before we wrap things up here, we, I did put out a call for questions. I haven't done that in a million years. See if anyone had any questions on uh, those three shows. So let's see here. Uh, first of all, from the Super J Cast. Uh, Discord server. Uh, okay, Velke Braca says he wants to know why do you always have bad takes, TJ? What do you say?
1: I think I have good takes. He's just um, a fan of bad, or not? I don't want to say bad people, but he's <laughs> he's just mad I was happy when Tommy won and oh. Mayo for the title, yeah. Among other things, because I'm, I'm I remember he was very upset when Higuchi lost the sword back to Endo, and I was just rubbing it in his face the entire time.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, up next, we have Michael CC. How many bandanas should Robbie Eagles be wearing? That's a that's a question for the ages. I want to say at least twelve bandanas.
1: I think he should make his next gear out of bandanas, just only bandanas,
0: <laughs> only bandanas, only bandana gear.
1: Yeah. His uh, entrance gear makes him look like such a dark man. <laughs> yeah, kind I did love uh, Hiromu kind of taunting him with like the eyepiece thing. While yeah, up on the corner bed.
0: Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, I want to confirm. By the way, Orino does only have two points. Double check this to make sure. So there you go. I did write down four by accident. Uh, the last question here on the well from the uh, Discord server, M Gallup says, uh, "This is actually a this is a, a good question. that I'm excited to go through here." He says, "Techers are the best champions since blank." Now, the be, uh, best tag champions, I should say. I'm assuming we're only keeping this to heavyweight tag titles. Uh, and we have to go through the reigns here. Basically, the easiest way to do it is to go back through the tag title reigns and try to find a reign that is better than the Techers. So I'm going to read them out pretty rapid fire, and you can tell me if you think any of these are better than the Dangerous Techers reign so far, just including their tag title reign and their, uh, you know, their World Tag League stuff so far. Just I think they've been incredible. Uh, I don't know if you agree or not, but let's see. Let's see what if we think any of these are better. Uh, Golden Ace.
1: Uh, no. Our <laughs> Techers are better, I say. Golden Age well, because
0: like, they were, it was a good rain, but it was like two seconds, really, with with the COVID. that's yeah, the problem.
1: Like they, they had good matches, but they were having good matches with Techers, and like you said, it didn't last long, so yeah, like, it's kind of hard to zero, judge it.
0: Zero defenses, so 142 days with zero defenses because of COVID. Uh, GOD's six rain. 20 days, zero defenses. <laughs> no. I Techers are definitely
1: better than that. <laughs> Finjuice,
0: uh, 28 days, zero defenses. No.
1: <laughs> I had high hopes for that rain but they kind of just ended that real quickly but so yeah no tecker's better
0: uh gorillas of destiny their fifth reign 315 days seven defenses uh from february 2019 to january 2020 i could not tell you a single fuck of one of those up the top of my head it's a big no from me dog.
1: Like, I remember they beat the Bucks for the titles, but that's about all I remember. No, no, no. The no. This is the reign
0: where, th- the where they beat Evil and Sonata at Honor Rising <laughs>
1: in 2019. Oh, oh right, yeah, because that was going to be like the MSG match, and then they yeah. took it off Evil and Sonata right before. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's, that's a no. <laughs> uh,
0: LIJ, Evil and Sonata's second reign, 50 days, one defense, no. Yeah, no. Uh, GOD's fourth reign, 96 days, no defenses, No.
1: I don't even remember that. <laughs> well, know. that's the one where they
0: beat the Young Bucks, but they had no defenses. Just by holding oh, the title yeah. for over three months, so they beat the Young Bucks of Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which I remember that that was probably the best uh, Young Bucks GOD match for sure. If they had more than one, I mean that match is pretty good. But uh, yeah, that was it wasn't a bad match. Yeah. That's
1: probably why I remember it actually. But <laughs> yeah, I'll say that rain, that rain. I don't. I try and block 2018 New Japan from my mind as yeah, much as possible. It was
0: pretty bad. Uh, Evil and Sonata rain number one 156 days two defenses no i mean if this is a good rain but no there's their original one they won the have 12 yeah no
1: yeah it was definitely a good rain but attackers are definitely on a better role so far
0: uh ks third rain 102 days in 2017
1: hell no they held the belt for that long man yeah. um yeah but definitely no but i did not think they held it for that long one defense
0: one defense uh, War Machine, 85 days, their second reign, 85 days, three defenses. I think all of them were a fucking three-way with G-O-D and KS when they kept running that match over and over again. That is a no.
1: <laughs> oh, that, oh God, that was a three-way. Uh, yeah, that's, the, the three-way. Uh, yeah, that's a definitely a no. That, that <laughs> reign was so bad. G-O-D, well, them Because I like War Machine, but it's like, no.
0: G-O-D, third reign, 20 days, no defenses. Hell no.
1: Yes, I definitely know.
0: War Machine Rain One, sixty three days, one defense, April twenty seventeen, no.
1: Yeah, I say the same, so no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ten Cozy, sixth rain, uh, from March twenty seventeen. Uh thirty four days, no defenses, no.
1: I forgot they held the belts <laughs> that recently. Yeah, that was when yeah. uh
0: when unfortunately Homa broke his neck and they had to replace Homa and Macabe. But yeah. And a previous scheduled yeah, no. Uh Ishi and Yano, their first reign, sixty-one days, two defenses. Uh, that's another no. Yeah, definitely uh, no. God, eighty-six days, one defense. No.
1: Yeah, no. Reign two.
0: <laughs> Briscoe brothers, one hundred thirteen days, two defenses. They won the belts at Dominion twenty sixteen. That will be a no for me. I don't even remember anything about that reign except I guess they fought the Young Bucks while they were still juniors. I guess. But.
1: I'm trying to remember if I, that was even during my time or not Like I remember them having the belts So I must have seen something but Yeah it's unknown. no <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I'm getting tired of this game already But let me see if I can get through it Find anything here uh, GOD's first reign, no GBH, McCabe and Halma's first reign, no These are all one defense by the way Bullet Club, Giles and Anderson's third reign 183 days With one defense Excuse me? What? Uh, six months and you got one fucking defense from July 2015 to January 2016 I kind of want to know what the one defense is now so let's fire up cage match and see if we can find it because now what is the one glorious defense that these motherfuckers had during this six month reign Uh, and it's a no by the way of course but uh, let's see here IWGP Tag team champions 183 days their one defense was against Tenkoji at Destruction in Okayama. I'm sure it was thrilling. 13 minutes. So they made... That's 13 more minutes than you or I defended the titles. <laughs> a, uh, yeah, so that's a no. Uh, the Kingdom. Matt David and Michael Bennett. Oh 91 days, no defenses. That's a no. Uh, Gals and Anderson in their second reign, 53 days, no defenses. No. Goto and Shibata, 38 days, no defenses. I remember being fucking furious when they lost those belts right back to Gallows and Anderson in the following month at uh, New Beginning in Osaka. They won the Wrestle Kingdom 9 after Gallows and Anderson had them for 365 days exactly uh, made six defenses, probably zero of which were good. Let me just look through this, because I'm curious. Because uh, that reign's going to be a no, too, probably. But let's just say. Uh, You're going to have to go really far back to find it. Yeah, wow. Well, they, they faced the Killer Elite Squad, Goto and Shibata. I remember liking that moment, actually, Invasion Attack 2014. Uh, Captain Taiwan, Captain New Japan, at a Taiwan show, and Hiroki Goto, nine and a half minutes, what a defense. Uh, the Briscoes in the U.S., Tanahashi and Makabe at Dominion, Okada and Yoshihashi at Destruction in Kobe, and, yeah, they lost the belts. So, yeah, uh, no. So, that's no for both those reigns. Uh, K.E.S. uh, power struggle, 56 days, no defenses, Tenkozi... Uh, May 2013, 190 days, two defenses. Again, what What was the problem with scheduling tight title defenses? I don't understand. Like, over six you had two defenses. Uh, KES, 207 days, five defenses. Uh, that might be the first contender. That was the KES reign from October 2012 to May 2013. I, let me look through these matches. I don't think they probably had a pretty good reign. But, probably not as good as Dangerous Techers. Let's just see, though. Uh tenkoji yeah that was okay godo and anderson i remember liking that wrestle kingdom uh tenkoji again nakamura and ishii that was probably good but i don't remember it and they made a defense on a a show in houston okay oh that's when they won the nwa tag time while they were still iwgp tag champions but yeah uh that not probably not as good as attackers but that's probably the first like legitimate contender uh yeah you might have to go really far back i mean the last, you know, before that was Tinkozy again, their fourth reign, 78 days. Before that is Izeka and Yano for 48 days. Tinkozy again, 120 days. And then Bad Intentions, Bernard and Anderson, 564 days, 10 defenses. Uh, I would say they are at least the best champions since Bad Intentions, June 2010. <laughs> that might be the answer. And I would have not seen enough of that reign to tell you if uh, you know this was better, or that was better. People did like a lot of those tag title matches, uh, so that might be your answer. I mean, that was certainly a very memorable reign, both from a time and defense standpoint. I think it has a, I think it has both records, but let me say for like a single reign. Uh, that
1: sounds about right.
0: Yeah, let's just. I mean, can check that in two seconds. So for days, for days, it has a record by a lot. The second best is uh, Cho Ten's fourth reign in 2002, which is 446 days. And defenses, it also has a record by a lot. Uh, Cho Ten had seven defenses in that same reign. And the G.O.D., in February, starting in February 2019, had seven defenses as well. So, yeah, it is the best tag title reign since at least Bad Intentions in 2010, I think. Because, man, these belts. I mean, danger age seconds have been awesome, but also, man, these belts have sucked. <laughs> that is you know it's it's both for sure so
1: yeah i'll say it's been a struggle for this uh, tag division <laughs> in new japan to say the least yeah it's kind of on like the, the upward trajectory right now at least we'll see how long that lasts
0: yeah so there you go uh let's see i know that we got at least one twitter question and then we can wrap it up here uh the twitter question in in okay it was from uh let's say renegade at renegade dugongs if you were a wrestler and broke your neck and had to recover for over a year, when you came back, would you A, gradually ease your way back into into it like a normal person, or B, just immediately become the best wrestler in the world again? I uh, wonder who he's referring to here. Obviously, Homa, But anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes. Um, you ever see that Taichi Kanemaru, like, uh, you know, that, that Taichi Kanemaru video where they do the New Japan draft, you know, the the collection card game, and they're just owning everybody, basically?
1: No, I haven't. Seen you should, that. It's
0: highly recommended, but yeah, when they when they draft, he so Taichi drafts Hiromu and Hanma uh, like in the same little draft, and he goes, maybe I should make a faction of people with uh with weak necks, <laughs> and I was like, wow, <laughs> just just putting it out there, I guess, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, the answer's obviously B. So if you're Hiromu Taichi, I'll say
1: actually. if if I was a wrestler, I would take it gradually, but I'm not <laughs> Hiromu, so. Like, like I, I can't believe how like quickly he's come back to form like pretty much came back at the Wrestle Kingdom and looked the same as he always did
0: yeah, he's pretty crazy alright, so that will do it then, uh, why don't you go ahead and get your plugs in here TJ
1: yeah, say, as John said at the end of the show I am I host a podcast, the uh, One Wrestling Podcast, similar format to Omocase, we kind of just pick random pro shows and discuss them each week we talk about a little bit of everything, though. Like, we talk a little bit of Western stuff, too. Like, we watch, I'm one of the people that watches AEW every week, so I kind of talk about that usually. And then it's other random stuff I watch. But, uh, this coming week should pop up. Or we're recording it tomorrow, so it should be up on your feeds if you check it out, uh, November 30th. Uh, this week we're still doing, uh, tournament coverage. So if you didn't get enough of me talking about tournaments here, you can listen to me and my uh, co host, Caitlin, talk about the, uh, do and best super juniors and hopefully real world tag league because the latest night just happened today, but it's VOD. So we'll see when it gets uploaded. But yeah. That's the one the I main just, top.
0: that's the one I haven't been covering at all because I just, I know three is my limit, but uh, I've heard it's been good.
1: Yeah. It's been pretty good overall. Like nothing like stand out really yet, but it's been enjoyable so far. And, but the main top is going to be the dragon gates, uh, was gate of origin, I think was the one that just happened on Saturday. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, we'll talk about that and, just news and and stuff like that in general. So if that kind of, if that interests you, check it out. It's uh, like I said, one wrestling pod or one wrestling podcast. The Twitter is at one wrestling pod. And then if you want to follow me for all my ramblings on Twitter, you can do it. So at uh, a ASPIR underscore.
0: All right, there you go. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, always at Russell Omikase. Wrestling would not fit. Uh, We'll be back next week here on the free feed with another show covering the world as um, a World Tag League or Best of Super Junior's actually. Oh, world. Oh, it's both. Uh, so next week, next Sunday, we'll, we'll cover the uh, World Tag League and Best of Super Junior double night nine, the second double night they're doing after the first night, which is the last round robin night for both of them. Uh, and then we'll also be covering DDT Do Night Six. So I have a guest sort of lined up for that, but it's tentative, so don't want to announce it yet until she confirms with me that she could do it. But uh, that'll be if if not her, I'll get somebody. I always find somebody. So that'll be our next free episode. But don't forget, patreon.com slash wrestlingomikase. We got tons of stuff coming up this week on the Patreon. Uh, you know, World Tag League Night 7 tomorrow, Monday, uh, Best of Super Junior Night 7 Wednesday. Another double header with me and Jeff Andrews covering World Tag League Night 8 and DO Night 5. And then Saturday, Best of Super Juniors Night 8. So, so much tournament stuff coming up this week on the Patreon. If you can't get enough of paid tournament coverage uh, you know, we'll be doing all that. So, that, and we also do like a little bit of Japanese geography with these uh, more obscure venues and also get into like histories at the venues and stuff, which there's not much point doing for Cork and Hall, but it's fun to do for like some of these obscure venues they run during this tour. So, we'll talk the Beppu Beacon Plaza, uh, the Sonorita Sendai, and the Fukuoka International Center and all that stuff. So, that'll be coming up on the Omikase Patreon. Uh, In the meantime, thank you as always for listening, and we will see you next time.